Welcome to the Christ Walk Church Podcast. We are, uh, we're in part three of our series called Erased, and we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? Why do we need the Holy Spirit in our lives? We've been taking a look at all of that, and today is no different. We're going to continue on in that, in that effort. Um, a couple weeks ago, we kicked off the series by talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit, and we talked about this idea that in our pursuit of God, we can either settle for mediocrity or we can strive for more. And that actually there is more for us to experience as believers through life in the Holy Spirit. And then last week we talked about if we want to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we have to simply do one thing, and that's lean in. We just have to lean in that, that God is extending his presence to us and he's surrounding us with it. And all we have to do is just accept it. We just have to acknowledge the fact that it's there. We just have to lean into it. And that's how we can find ourselves in the presence of God. And so today we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be reading from a few different passages, but our main passage for today comes out of Romans chapter 8. And so the Bible is divided up into these two chunks. You've got the Old Testament. It's this big chunk at the, at the beginning. And then the, the second half of the Bible is called the New Testament. And somewhere around the middle of that, you would find the book of Romans. And this is actually a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And we're going to take a look at chapter 8 of that in just a moment. So if you've got your Bible or you're using a smart device, turn with me, swipe with me, and we'll land there in just a moment. Um, many of you uh, may know, um, I've said it a few times, and um, you're probably going to get tired of, of me talking about it, uh, but, but my wife and I, we're building a house for the first time. And well, we're not actually, we aren't building the house. Like we signed some papers and paid some money for someone else to do it. And word on the street is that those people actually exist, but right now it's just like a big piece of dirt. All right, so we're... Technically, we're not building a house, and, and at this point, really, no one else is even building a house, but, but we've put our faith and our trust in this company that they say in a few months, it's just going to appear, and then we're going to get to move in and, and live there. And so this is, this is a first-time experience for us, and for some of you, this may be old hat and everything, but for us, this is, this is brand new. And, and so it's been, i got to be honest, it's been a little overwhelming. And one of the things that we did is uh, we, we built in this neighborhood that, you know, they go in and they build these models that of the different floor plans that you can look in. And we decided that's too easy. Let's pick a model that we, that, that doesn't exist. You know, let's pick one of these floor plans. We have no idea what it looks like and everything. So we're just looking at this piece of paper and we're like, yeah, that looks like it could be cool. You know, and like a little, you know, a little thumbnail of what it might look like when they get done with it. And we're like, yeah, here, take our money, you know. Um, and so and then then we, we sign all this. We sign all this. These papers, you know, you're signing your life away and everything. And then they set up this thing called your design center appointment. All right. And so we go to this place on the west side of Jacksonville and you walk in and um, it's just it's just uh, building materials like for the inside of your house, it's like, like Lowe's just like threw up all over the place, you know? 
And so we walk in and immediately there's like this wall of carpet samples. I'm literally talking about like this one section of a wall, like, like, I don't know, 30, 40 feet wide, floor to ceiling, wall of carpet samples. Every single one of them was tan. I couldn't tell the difference between any of them. I looked at Sarah and I said, this is going to be a long day. And so carpet samples and, and, and fixtures and tile and flooring and, and, and faucets and lighting and just all of this stuff. And they ask you all of these questions and, and everything. And so you have this big, this big desk that you're working off of and you're putting things together and try to match stuff up and stay under budget. Yeah, right. And um, get all of these things together for this house that supposedly is going to exist one day. And so we got all of it squared away and, and everything, and, and we were making some progress. And so they sat down with us, and surprise, surprise, we had more paperwork to sign. And so we're signing, and they're showing us these, these renderings, these drawings of different things that our house is going to look like and, and have in it and, and the things that are, that are going to be present there. And so they're showing us these pictures of the floor plan, and I, I'm just a simple man. I'm just a pastor. I don't know how to read blueprints or anything. But they, they lay out this one thing, and they sprawl it out, and it's the, the electrical schematic of the house. And it's got all of these like dotted lines and everything. And the room started spinning and I didn't know what was going on. And I, I had to get a Coke to bring my blood sugar back up. And, the, and I'm like, what's that right there? And they were like, everywhere you see one of those, like that's a place where there's an electrical outlet in your house. And I'm like, we're going to have to buy some more stuff to plug in. Like, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. And then they're showing like here in the kitchen, like, like you're going to have a refrigerator and a microwave and a stove and a dishwasher. So honey, congratulations. We're upgrading. You are no longer the dishwasher. We're actually going to have one. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. Um, and they showed us like, this is where the air conditioning is going to be. And I like had church like right then. I was like, this is Florida. We definitely need one of those. And, and here's the garage door opener and everything. But, but you know what? I saw started to think of like, what if we moved into our house and we didn't take advantage of any of that stuff? What if we moved into our house and we never connected to the electricity? What if we had that air conditioning unit, but it never ran? What if we had that refrigerator, but we never put food in it? We never, we never turned it on so that it could cool our food and our drinks. What if we never cooked anything in the oven or the microwave. What if we never ran one of those ceiling fans or, or we just lived in the dark? We never did flip on a light switch. Like that'd be pretty crazy, right? But you know what? There've been times in my life as a believer in Jesus that, that I've moved from my old way of sin into this new life in Christ, but I've continued to live in such a way that denies the power that I have access to. Does that make sense to anybody this morning? Like we, we accept this new life in Christ, but then it stops right there. And, and the Bible communicates it. And what Paul writes and what Jesus taught and everything is that there's so much more available to us. And I look across the entire landscape of the church today and myself included, I see Christian people walking through their daily lives, but they've turned their back on the power that is being afforded them. We've yet to tap in and to plug in and to connect to the power source that can really help us to live the Christian life in all of its fullness, in all of its glory, for us to be the kind of people that God has called us to be. And I find that problematic. 
I find that disconcerting. And, and that's not just something that maybe you struggle with. Like I, I'm being transparent this morning. Like that's something that I struggle with as the pastor of this church, that there are some times that I go through life and I find myself making decisions or living in such a way that is not dependent upon the power that is afforded me as a believer in Jesus. And whenever we live that way, it will turn out leaving us lacking and wanting and not experiencing life the way that God intended for his people to experience. And so my big idea today is, is something very simple and, and maybe it's kind of cheesy. I don't know, but, but I kind of like it. It makes sense to me. It's, it's, it's a very simple statement it's, and it's this. Power is pointless if you don't plug in. Power's pointless if you don't plug in. Like you can have electricity coursing through all of the wires and cables in the wall, but if you never plug in, what good is it doing us? What good is it doing you? As a believer, we have access to the power of the Holy Spirit. But if we're not seeking after that power, if we're not leaning into that power, if we are not welcoming that power into our lives, then it is pointless. It's pointless. See, there's a reason for the power of the Holy Spirit. The reason we find in John 10, 10, where Jesus was talking to his disciples and, and he said, the thief, that's the devil, our enemy, comes to steal and kill and destroy. The devil, he wants to end you. He wants to once and for all, he wants to put you down and just end your life. He does not want you to experience the kind of life that Jesus came and died on the cross so that you could have. He wants to destroy you. But Jesus says there at the end of John chapter uh, uh, 10, verse 10, that the devil comes to steal and kill and destroy, but that he came, Jesus came so that we could have life and not just life, but life in all its fullness. Some of your translations might, might read in all of its abundance, overwhelming and overflow of life. That's the reason for the power of the Holy Spirit so that you and I can live a life in all of its fullness. That when we step into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we don't live our same life anymore. That life is gone. We have stepped into a new life. And so it's time for some of us to start acting like it. It's time for some of us who have accepted Jesus Christ to start living as if though that old man, that old person is gone and that a new creation has taken place. And we need to start living like the new people that we are in Christ because the reason for the power of the Holy Spirit is so that we could live this life in all of its fullness. All right, so let's, let's nail that down a little bit more. And kind of let's squeeze some of the juice out of it and see really what does that look like for the believer? Because the reason for the power of the Holy Spirit is life in, in, in its fullness or the abundant life. But, but then there's a reality of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Paul writes about in Romans chapter 8. The reality of the power of the Holy Spirit is this. Romans 8, starting with verse 1, he says, So now, those who are in Christ Jesus are not judged guilty. 
Through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit that brings life made you free from the law that brings sin and death. So he's talking about the law here. This is go all the way back to the beginning of Scripture, the Mosaic law that was handed down to the Hebrews. And it was a list of rules that started with the Ten Commandments. And then if, you, if you're ever having trouble sleeping at night, open to Leviticus and just start reading some of that law. And I guarantee you'll just nod right off. It'll be really, really easy. And it was all of these rules and guidelines and regulations that, set the tone, set the stage for how the people of God were supposed to live. And so that's the law that Paul is talking about here. Verse three, he says, the law was without power because the law was made weak by our sinful selves, but God did what the law could not do. Look, the law was incapable of saving people. Here's why. Because people were incapable of following the law. We cannot adhere to every single rule and regulation and guideline. It is impossible for us to do that so that we remain in a right standing with God because of the law working in our lives. That's impossible from the get-go. All right, And it was set up that way. Here's what he says. He says, God sent his son, his, his own son to earth with the same human life that others use for sin. And by sending his son to be an offering for sin, God used a human life to destroy sin. So what used to happen is um, the Hebrews, the Israelites, every, every time they went to the temple or, or a different point, uh, different parts of the year, different seasons of the year, they would have to go and worship and they would have to take animals and take them to the priest and sacrifice them on an altar. And if it weren't for Jesus, you and I, we would be coming in here and this would be a much different place. All right. It would be kind of weird. I got I to gotta admit, it's kind of weird, you know, and they're placing these animals and they're cutting them open and, and the blood is draining down and not, to be, not, not trying to be gross or anything. But, and then they would light it on fire and, and the fire would consume and the, the fragrance and, and everything. And that was a sin, very, different kinds of sin offerings unto God for the forgiveness of the sins that people had committed, the ways that they were not able to keep the law. But instead, God sent Jesus for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He sent his one and only son to be the final sacrifice for sin once and for all. That's what Jesus meant when he said, it is finished on the cross. It is done. We no longer have to approach God through bulls and, and, and pigeons and goats. We approach God through the sacrificial lamb who is Jesus Christ, who was sacrificed for sin once and for all. That's what Paul is talking about right here. Verse four, God did this so that we could be the kind of people that the law correctly wants us to be. So there's nothing wrong with the law. The law was given to man by God and it shows us how to live correctly so that we can honor God. But we are unable to follow the law and that's why God had to send Jesus. 
And at the end of that verse, verse four, it says, now we do not live following our sinful selves, but we live following the spirit. So that word now, it it really means because of this, because of what God did. And Paul's talking specifically to believers. This was a letter to the church. And he's saying, now, because of what Jesus did, because he sent his son to die in our place, because Jesus was the one and only the final sacrifice for sin. Now we live this way. We live life according to the spirit because of that. It's almost as if Paul is speaking it into existence. Like he's admonishing and encouraging the Romans. And he's saying, for those of us that believe, because God did this by sending Jesus, now our only option is to respond in this way and to live in accordance with the Holy Spirit. We tracking so far? All right. Verse five, those who live following their sinful selves only think about things that their sinful selves want. But those who live following the Spirit are thinking about the things the Spirit wants them to do. So what Paul is doing here is he's setting up two different kinds of people, and he's juxtaposing them against one another. Over here, it's, it's, it's in essence as if there's two paths or two roads. And so on this path is the path of the sinful person, the the sinful-minded person. It's that old way of life. But then on this path over here is the path of the person who walks in accordance with the Holy Spirit. And check out what Paul says about these paths. Verse 6, if people's thinking is controlled by the sinful self, there is Death. That in other words, if you travel down that road, the destination where you're going to end up is going to be death. But there's hope because if their thinking is controlled by the spirit, then there is life and peace. That is the de- that's the destination of, of this road. So in essence, we have two choices. We can either choose life the way we want it, and end up with death, or we can choose the way, we can choose life the way God wants for us, life in and through the Holy Spirit, and we can arrive at life and peace. I don't know about you, but I think this one sounds a whole lot better than this one over here. And so Paul's saying you you get to choose how you're going to live, either in accordance with the things that you want or in accordance with the things that God wants. And if you choose what you want, you're going to arrive at death. But if you will choose what God wants for you, then you arrive at life and peace. Verse 7, when people's thinking is controlled by the sinful self, they are against God because they refuse to obey God's law and really are not able to obey God's law. Those people who are ruled by their sinful selves cannot please God. Think about that for a minute. If you claim to be a believer in Jesus Christ, but yet you continue to live in such a way that pleases your sinful self and doing the things that the sinful self wants, rather than turning your back on that old way of life and following after God and pursuing life through the Holy Spirit, then you are unable, it is 100% impossible to please God. Think about that. 
Verse 9. But you are not ruled by your sinful selves. I love it how Paul says this. He, like, he kind of sets them up. He's like, this is the way that it could go, but, but I know you. And I know that when I was there, and I know that when I helped establish this church, and, and we have a relationship, and I know you, and I know, I know how you live, and I know how you want to live. And so what Paul is saying is that for those of us who have put our faith and our trust and our hope in Jesus, and, and we've made him the Lord of our life, he says, I know you, and you are not ruled by your sinful selves. You are ruled by the Spirit, if that Spirit of God really lives in you. But the person who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong with Christ. So what that tells me is very simply put, without the spirit active in our lives, it's impossible for us to please God. And we're not even in relationship with God. We don't even belong to him if we're not living in accordance with the spirit that we've turned our back not only on our ability to, to please God, but that we're no longer in relationship with him. And instead, we're over here on this road, which is leading to death instead of life and peace. In verse 10, Paul continues and he says, your body will always be dead because of sin. But if Christ is in you, then the spirit gives you life because Christ made you right with God. Remember what Jesus said? I came that you may have life in all of its fullness. But we were unable to do that through the law, so that's why Jesus had to come and he died on the cross as the sacrifice of sin once and for all. And so now for those of us that are and in relationship with Christ, and he is our Lord and Savior. That means that when God the Father looks to pronounce judgment upon us, instead of seeing us in our sinful selves, he sees us through the lens of the blood of Jesus. And so we are no longer called guilty because of the life that Christ has afforded us. Jesus made us right with God, so that we could live that full life, that life in abundance that he talked about. Verse 11, God raised Jesus from the dead. And if God's spirit is living in you, he will also give life to your bodies that die. God is the one who raised Christ from the dead and he will give a life through his spirit that lives in you. That's what life in all of its fullness, the abundant life is, is that even though this flesh, as handsome as it is, it is passing away. Some of y'all will get that on the way home. These bodies that we live in, every breath that we take brings us one step closer to death. But because of the work that Christ has done and because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us, we will not die. That though our time on earth may be over, we are going to a place that was prepared for us. And we are going to live with our heavenly father forever and ever and ever and ever in eternity with him in heaven. That's what we have to look forward to. That, that this path of death, it no longer exists for us that are living in accordance with, with God and his word and through the power of the Holy Spirit because that brings life and peace 
peace. And the reason we're at peace is because we know that death can't touch us anymore. That's what we have to look forward to through the life that the Holy Spirit brings to us. And so Paul, he, he brings, it, brings this section to a close in verse 12. He says, so, and so that's a word that means like, all right, pay attention. Now, because of all of this, like this is where we end up. This is how we ought to be or how we ought to live. He says, so, my brothers and sisters, verse 12, we must not be ruled by our sinful selves or live the way our sinful selves want. If you use your lives to do the wrong things your sinful selves want, you will die spiritually. But if you use the Spirit's help to stop doing the wrong things you do with your body, you will have true life. The true children of God are those who let God's Spirit lead them. Life in the Spirit affords us a life where sin and death no longer have power over us. That's the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit. That when we connect, when we plug in to that power, it allows us to move above, to rise above that old way of life, that old sinful way that was taking us to hell. And instead to live a life that, that transcends the law, that it goes above the law. It is, it is a life that is in line with the love of Jesus Christ who paid for our sins once and for all on the cross. And we are no longer condemned or found guilty. Instead, we are welcomed into heaven as brothers and sisters, sons and daughters is made available to us. That is the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit. The reason is for life in all of its fullness. The reality is so that we can live a life above the power of sin. And then the result is the last thing that Jesus ever said to his disciples. He's getting ready to be taken up into heaven. And in Acts 1.8 reads this way, it says, but when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and I like that it says, but when. It's not if the Holy Spirit comes to you, but when the Holy Spirit comes to you. When you step into faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit then comes to you and is with you and is in you whenever you put your faith and your trust and your hope in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit then comes in to be with you. So there's no gap. There's no, there's no part of your life that's, that's missing. It, it comes right then so that you can begin living life according to the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you will receive power. That's a guarantee when the Holy Spirit comes, that means he's coming. And when he does, you will receive. That's not you might receive. No, it is you will receive power. You will be my witnesses 
in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and in every part of the world. See this, this life abundant, this, this fullness of life that God is talking about, that Jesus was talking about to his followers, the, this, this power of the Holy Spirit that, that allows us to live above the power of sin in our life so that we can live a life of life and peace in the Holy Spirit. The, the result of that is that we are then able to be his witnesses in the world around us, in our homes, in our communities, and in parts beyond. We're able to be witnesses of Jesus Christ by the way that we live. People are looking at us to see how we live. You know, uh, some of the ways to witness, I, I, I know that we use that term and we think like witnessing, like you're sharing your faith story or, or something. And that's, that's certainly part of it. But some of it could even be like inviting someone to just come to church or like be a part of, of what God's doing in the community. And some examples of that is I, I think I, I, met, I met like a handful of families yesterday. And as I was talking to them, um, these, these particular families, I said, who, who uh, you know, how'd you, how'd you hear about this or whatever? And they were like, oh, Kevin and Sue Jones invited us. We're their neighbors. Kevin and Sue, they live right over here in Isle de May. And it seemed like I talked to like three or four families that were like, yeah, we're, we're Kevin and Sue's neighbor. And I just kept hearing their name over and over and over. And they actively like told people like, hey, we're doing this thing in the community. You guys should be a part of it. And guess what? They did. They showed up and brought their kids and they had a great time. And then there's this other guy. Some of you, you might know him. Um, he, he attends here. His name is Kaysen Van Zant. Some of you might know him as CJ you know, maybe from his younger days, but now he's like a grown-up professional. And so he goes by Kaysen. Um, he plays guitar on the stage sometimes, and he serves on our, on our security team. It seems like every week we get a connection card in the office that says, like, who invited you or who did you come with or whatever? And they put down Kaysen's name because he's out there in the community, and he's just telling his friends and, and people that he's connected with, hey, man, there's a great thing going at Christ Walk Church. I'd love for you to come and be a part of it with me. And guess what? People do. And they've come just because a couple people just started to invite and say, hey, this is something that you need to be a part of. And guess what? That, that's being a witness for Jesus. That's what it's all about. And I know that there, there are a number of others that are doing the same thing. But when, when we're living that kind of life and when we invite people to be a part of it, guess what? They will. After service today, there's going to be some people that are going to get baptized. They're going to go what we call public with their faith. And I can't think of a better way to be a witness for Jesus than saying, I want the world to know that I have made him, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Man, how awesome is that? That's what it means to be a witness. And we are going to celebrate like crazy when that happens. But you know what I think about like, like witnessing and, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit and like living this full life and like how that all comes in. And I think about this one time that I was at the food court in the mall. And I, I think that I had gotten, it had to be Japanese, like Sarku Japan or whatever, you know, and the teriyaki chicken. And so I had this big plate, double meat, of course, you know, for 99 cents, why not, right? And so I had this big thing, you know, teriyaki chicken and everything, and I'm eating it. And guess what happened? The cute little girl that they put out front with a little tray walks over and she says, would you like a free sample? And the free sample that she was offering me was the same thing that I had just sat down to eat. It was the little, you know, piece of 
teriyaki chicken. And I'm like, no, man, I'm good. I've got a, thank you, but I've got a whole, you know, a whole thing of it right here that I'm trying to devour. And I think what happens is a lot of times in our life, we're, we're inviting people into a life with Jesus, but people on the other side, they're seeing that there's no difference between us and them. And so why would we want more of what we already have? Why would we wanna have to get up early on Sunday and come to church and serve and be a part of things like that and, 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 and give our money out of generosity and, 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 and tithing? Why, why would we want to obligate ourselves in all of those areas when there's really nothing in it for us? And what happens is, is that, that people are looking at us as, and that, that we claim to be Christians and we claim to be a part of a, of a local church, but because we haven't plugged into the power of the Holy Spirit, we're not living any differently. We're inviting people on the outside, so to speak, to come and be a part of the inside, but they don't see any difference. And so they end up saying, no, thanks. I'm good. But you know why people are coming when Kaysen's inviting them because they're saying, man, there's something different about that guy. There's something different about Kevin and Sue. And I want to know more about it. There's something different about the way that they're living. They seem to be so much more full of joy. Their life seems to be so much better. They seem to be able to tackle the struggles and the trials of life with, with a, a greater sense of ease. Man, they, they seem to be surrounded by a loving community of people who care for them and are in relationship with them. They seem to be doing so well. Man, that's what people want. Don't invite people to take hold of something that they already have. Invite them to something different. And that something different might mean that you need to lean in. We need to lean in. I need to lean in to the power of the Holy Spirit so that when I say, hey, I've got this relationship with Jesus and I think you need it too, that someone's gonna be compelled to say, you know what? You're right. That's different than the life that I have. And I want it. I want it. See that word fullness, I'm talking about the fullness of life. That word fullness, it means complete, containing all that can be held, filled to maximum capacity, completely saturated, can't hold anymore. Is that what others see when they look at us? Man, as I was writing that in my notes, like that was a gut punch to me as the pastor of Christ Walk Church, is that what others see when they see me? Is the life that we're living in Christ something that someone else would want for themselves? It's a little bit scary to think of for truthful and honest with ourselves. So my question here for you today is where could your life use more fullness? Maybe it's your marriage, your family relationships. Maybe it's your finances. And I'm not talking about like having a thicker wallet. This isn't based on greed. This is based on being able to live well and, and, and be good stewards of, your, of your, your, your finances and so that you can be generous to the world around you. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just like padding your bank account. 
I mean, sure, we could all use more fullness in our finances, right? Like nobody would turn that down. That's not what I'm talking about. This isn't, I'm, I'm not speaking to you like a prosperity gospel, okay? We're not gonna go to the Cadillac dealership and lay hands on things after that. Like, it's not what we're doing. Not what we're doing. Maybe you could use more fullness at, in your job or at school. We could use more fullness in your health. Maybe these are the areas. And as I begin to say those things, you're, you're thinking of it already. Like this is the place that I could use more fullness. And guess what? That's the place that you haven't leaned in to the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the place where it's lacking. Is the life that you're living something that you would want for somebody else? Is the relationship you have with Jesus something that you would want for somebody else? If the answer is no, you need to lean into the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're gonna pray a simple prayer. I wanna pray over you, but I want you to pray for yourself right now. Whatever that thing, whatever those things are that you thought about as we kind of went through that list, those areas in your life where you would say, I could use more fullness here. I just wanna pray a simple prayer. I want you to open your hands up, ready to receive. I just want you to say this, as I pray, I want you to say, Lord, fill me with your power in blank, in whatever that area is. You pray that prayer for yourself as I pray over you today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these people. Lord, I thank you for what they mean to me, what they mean to this church, what they mean to this community. Lord, I pray for every single person that is here, Lord, in the areas of their life that are lacking fullness. Lord, you didn't call us to live life halfway. You called us to live life in abundance in all of its fullness. And that is made available to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to lean in and connect in to that power in our marriages, in our relationships with our family, in our finances, at our jobs, at school, in our health, and in any other area of our life that is lacking. Help us to open our hearts, open our lives, and receive the fullness of your power in and through us so that we can live life in all of its abundance the way that you intended. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Christ Walk Podcast. For more information about Christ Walk Church, please visit thechristwalk.com.